Welcome to the Holden Village Podcast. Holden is a community of education, programming, and worship located in the remote wilderness of the Cascade Mountains. These snapshots provide a glimpse into the learnings taking place in our community. Let's tune in to this week's highlight. My name is Stacy Kitahata. I'm Kathy Bach. And I'm Mark Bach. How did you first get connected to Holden Village? I first came to Holden with the Luther League group. We traveled all the way from St. Paul to Wenatchee by train and then came up to Holden Village in 1970. And so I had that first initial one-week experience. And then I became so entranced by the, the valley and the mountains that I kept coming back on my own even to climb and hike. And then was on staff in 1976 and 1979 in college. So I had multiple encounters as a young person that really bonded me certainly with, with the place and also many, many friendships that I associate with that. I first came to Holden when I was 11 years old with my family. My father, Richard Kemmer, and my mother, Elizabeth Kemmer, were on the faculty here. My dad was artist-in-residence in the summer times for 10 years. I also spent my ninth grade year in the Holden High School. So we were here from 1975 through September of 1976. And during that year, my father painted this crazy, beautiful ceiling in the village center, which he thought might last a couple of years and then would get painted over. So it would surprise nobody more than my father that it is still up there in the village center and those beautiful swirling bright colors of the, of the ceiling. I was trying to remember how I first knew about Holden Village and what I recall is that once in the congregation that I was a part of a Lutheran church in Southern California. And there was a postcard in the church office of that season's ceiling. And so captivating, I said, oh, what's this postcard? Oh, well, Mike and Betty went to this retreat center. I'm like, they went to a place with this psychedelic ceiling (laughs) because they didn't strike me as that kind of people. And so that made me both more curious about Mike and Betty, but also about this place. I didn't come to Holden until much later than that, and I've only come as a teaching staff. How does the leadership model with the three of you work in terms of not all being here at the same time or Mm -hmm. just the coordination that needs to happen? It's a balancing act in the sense that we have actually decided that, you know, different people will handle different domains within the village and work with managers. However, there's quite a bit of overlap. But the whole model that you're referring to, uh, we presented to the board when we applied as an innovation and also unprecedented. So I can still say after seven months, we are still forming our innovation and also learning about our innovation and how we talk to each other. And when Stacy comes and goes, being in contact with one another is something we're still getting better at. Yeah, I think Mark touched on the fact that it is evolving. I think we are still learning about each other and about how each of our strengths can serve the village. To your question about how do we kind of live into our individual gifts, we do, I think, kind of naturally Currently, I would say at least this year, have served the village with regards to leadership in different departments based on our backgrounds. 
as Mark said, we all take responsibility for community life as we push out into individual conversations with different managers and in different departments. We always come back each week to share those observations, to talk about what shared leadership looks like, to kind of refresh and renew on our commitments with each other and with the community. It's a balancing act. We're still learning it. We're still finding opportunities to grow and evolve in this model. As far as sharing responsibilities, it's been about seven, eight months now, and we have been aligned to areas where we have some experience or some background. And just recently, we were talking about, well, it's probably time to change and to switch around and to do some things that we're less familiar with, but perhaps we've learned about to not just focus on the arenas of our experience or our strength, but also to bring those strengths into new arenas. One of the foci that we've had is like our own leadership with each other to see it as collaborative, to bring that more deeply into the village practice about how the different aspects of village life can be more interdisciplinary and both know what's happening in other parts, but also work more collaboratively. So that's what we're doing in the village and beyond the valley. And that's part of my role to deeply root the village, not only in its traditional constituency, but also in this location, in this region with the partners in the Chelan Douglas County area and other partners who share the commitments and values that we have. We've spoken a lot about how our presence here, our, our responsibility as leaders, we discern it as a calling. We understand this is an invitation to something larger. It's also, and should be said explicitly, that every single person who is here is here for a reason. And I might not know what it is. They might not even know what it is, but that's part of what we get to discern together and to help each other to realize. And that's what is special and part of the meaning of Holden. Each person here has a purpose and a calling. How we live that out, how we help each other to live that out, that's how we can be a village together. Excellent. Do you want to touch on surprises or things you're grateful for, stretched you, things that you're proud of? When we were appointed, which was right before the shutdown, I had the thought that, wow, knowing Holden and the history, going back over time, that they've already had these two big disruptions, the fires and the remediation, not knowing then the third one was right around the corner. So obviously we've been adapting to the reality of the pandemic. For me, in terms of, of what we've been able to do, certainly the public health aspect has been an amazing learning experience. I got to talk to all these doctors and health officials and clinicians, both state and local, that could help us, and they did. One of the things I'm most proud of is the learning and change that is happening within me as much or more than any impact I think maybe my leadership or our leadership has had on the village. When you step into a community space, you have an opportunity, even in this leadership role, to think of yourself as ultimately integrated into an ecosystem. And that's really what community life is, that our lives depend upon one another. To do that in the context of faith 
is nothing short of profound. We didn't have a pastor starting in October. We had a pastor up until October. And then we had to figure out how it was together that we were going to practice what it was that we believed and that sense of belonging and how we named that. And I have not had the experience of being in a community that was taking responsibility for the rhythms of worship before. We decided that we would do that together. I'm thinking about what it's like to be a person in and out of the village. And I'm so grateful and appreciative to each person in the village because I know that my life depends on them. But outside, the balance of profound and mundane is very different from inside the village. And so many things are dependent on each individual person or their household to fulfill or achieve. And so I joke about the meals. I, I am grateful for all the meals that the kitchen team pulls out here with wonderful, efficient, thoughtful, close to the producer kind of resources, which are all my responsibility on the outside, you know, or all my responsibility with my spouse. And it takes up so much energy just to do that part. And so here, when we can hold some of these mundane, if you will, uh, survival responsibilities for each other, it makes it more spacious for everyone to be able to have energy and time for other things beyond our task and focus right ahead of us, but also it is so good to be here in a place that reminds me constantly about how much more there is besides me and my task with my head down. Even waking up in bed, you can hear the sounds of nature, the valley, like you can in the background of this podcast. Walking out your door, you see all the people on whom your day will be woven together. And sure, in my urban context in Seattle, I can do the same, but 90% of my neighbors, I don't know what they do or how they contribute to my life. I'm just believing and accepting that they are. But here, I know. And the profound gratefulness that I can live in in an immediate way is not taxing. It's a blessing. It's a gift. Being in and out, I recognize what a difference that it makes. And so we're not a place apart so much so as we are a place deeply embedded. And maybe it takes some time apart from all the noise of everything outside to recognize that. But our goal is to help people to carry that into the rest of their life so that they can be part of creating that intentionality and thoughtfulness, that gracious space and that commitment to equity and justice and access to all of those resources and inspirations and blessings for all our neighbors beyond the valley. Beautifully said. Now all we have to talk about is the Samaritan, the summer theme. 
why did it come about? You can't anticipate where it goes related to how the faculty apply it to their discipline, but speak to the facets or perspectives mm -hmm. of the theme that it prompts in your head. And not only is it Samaritan, but encounter, embrace, and embark, and those being new vocabulary that are going to help guide learning and being together this summer. We also have just been talking about journey and arc, not just for ourselves, but for all, and how we want to connect with people here at the village in terms of their arrival here, what their experience is like, and then also what their leave-taking will be. And so the Samaritan Traveler is a great way to frame that, in that there is a journey, and then there is an encounter. And then the question is, how will we respond to the encounters like the Samaritan Traveler himself? And then there's the handing off, and that is that he took the wounded and the beaten person and then made arrangements for their care, even as they took their leave of him. So Samaritan Traveler has so many ways for us to kind of take a look at not only our experience at Holden, but actually our, in one sense, our life's experience. It's very dimensional. And it's great as a summer theme because it invites a lot of different ways to participate, whether you're an environmentalist or a theologian or an activist uh, or working in the arts. I think there are really ways to, to push into it. As Mark said, one of the dimensions is this sense of journey, this sense of sharing the road with somebody and that you may be on the road ahead of somebody. You may be on the road at the same time as somebody else. You may be on the road after somebody else. And when we think about what it means to, to practice mercy and to live with justice as a pole star, as we do our daily work, that we are always aware of each other, those who have come before those who are on the road with us right now, and those who will be coming afterwards. And we see ourselves as interconnected. And so that impacts our work. One of the reasons this theme emerged for us over the winter, and it did emerge from the voices of the whole village. It isn't something that Stacy, Mark, and I just said, we're going to do this theme we're all going to tell y'all how this is going to go. This came from the voices of the village as we went through a process of talking about and interviewing everybody in the village about the work that they do and how they relate to that work. Two of the aspects that became motifs in those conversations as we looked at them were this idea of justice and also this idea of the handoff how we make the handoff to another person. So we have found that this language is now actually moving into all of our conversations in the village right now, long before summer. There is that sense of connection between two people who have never met each other. And somebody here is trying to make the road better by walking it now in a way that is just, that is mindful, and this changes us. You know, we, we talk about this as well. The road changes us and we change the road. Obviously, as faculty come in and engage with the theme, we're going to be surprised and delighted by all of the ways that they relate to it and push us into new ways of thinking about it. 
I've been thinking about how my background, the background I bring to this wilderness setting is that a very urban person, a person who's lived in Los Angeles and Chicago and Seattle, the smallest town I've ever lived in. And thinking about how the road is often a disruption or imposition, that it splits community and disrupts the character. It's happened in all three of those cities where a freeway takes precedence over relationships and community that have been built over time. But here in the village, we have a road that runs straight through the village. And it's not a disruption. It is the thing around which we gather. It is the reminder that we are not alone, that we are connected. Though we're focusing on the text of the Samaritan Traveler from Luke 10, it puts me in mind of John 14, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And often, especially in Western Christianity, we talk so much about what is the truth? How do we understand it? How do we pin it down so that we can know exactly as though it were a thing you could do that to? Or the life, how do we discipline ourselves to do this? But if we don't hold all three of those things together, um, if we are not paying attention to what does it mean to be the way? What does it mean to be on the way, in the way, being the way ourselves, the practice? And that is informative to what does it mean to be the Samaritan traveler? How do we become a person who can respond out of graciousness, out of love, out of care? How do we see in the characters in our life as the people that we are invited to learn from, receive from, be transformed by? to be dependent upon, mm -hmm. to hand our life over to because we need each other that thoroughly and that desperately. That's the context in which Jesus told this story of the Samaritan traveler. This summer, we're hoping to explore this encounter in new ways, in ways that open up a very traditional story and incorporate some of those nuances and insights into our own practice of it. And then that's the embark part, is how do we carry it out? How do we participate in the way and creating a way that is broad and welcoming and inclusive? So join us, Holden 2021. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.